Welcome to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm your host, Christy Walsh. I'm excited to say hello to the globe. In this show, we hope to bring you new ideas to your spiritual path by letting you hear how other folks have walked their path or how they awakened. The planet, the solar system, and every being in it is waking up in some way or ascending on their spiritual path. Things are changing from a dimensional world to something different, and we're expanding our world from duality to a world where we are back to all one. And we're interested in new ways to create peace within ourselves and with others. We've noticed we can connect with spirit faster, move energy around quicker, and the way we use words is changing. The way we interpret events is expanding, and we're asking different questions of ourselves. The way we define love is getting bigger, and there's always bigger, brighter ways to surf. So grab your board. We'll be looking at light energies, earth energies, and our own spirit energies, and using them to change our world. So let's ride the waves of our new space together and share our stories. Today my guest is musician, lightworker, and astrologer Elizabeth Pendleton. She's surfed these waves many times before. Today we take a look at what's in store with the planets for summer and fall 2015. And if you want to find out more about Elizabeth, find her at elizabethsoracle.co. You can find her music at reverbnation.com forward slash elizabethsoracle. And you can find her astrology reports on YouTube under Elizabeth Pendleton. So welcome, Elizabeth. Well, hello, Christina, and hello, surfers. Yeah, you've got a lot of people surfing. You've been boogieing out uh, like like crazy, huh? Yeah, it's been really great. Just a lot of things sort of that have been percolating at the beginning of the year are now like all out there. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like everything was on a sort of a, like that first retrograde kind of put a, maybe a little damper on on the beginning of the year. But after we hit that spring equinox, like, holy cow. <laughs> and, the the and the eclipse. And the eclipse. Yeah, and the eclipse. Yeah. <laughs> Eclipse May 4th was very, very potent. So tell me what's up for this summer. We're looking ahead. Yeah, yeah. So we, we have, you know, we're obviously uh, going into the second Mercury retrograde of the year. We've got Saturn already retrograde getting ready to go back into Scorpio, which I, I actually <laughs> like. Um, we got a Venus retrograde coming this summer um, that will be in Leo. Uh, and we've got um, Jupiter changing signs in September, in August, sorry, into Virgo. I'm thinking September because that's usually the Virgo cycle. And the nodes will shift by the end of the year um, so that we get a north node in Virgo as well. Ooh, that's nice. So we, you know, Virgo's usually associated with like cleanup campaigns, but it sounds like this is more expansive. Well, yeah, because, you know, Jupiter will be in there and, you know, Virgo, if we think about it, it has to do with our health, with daily routines, with bringing order into chaos, you know, which I think our world could probably use with a lot of chaos going on out there. Um, But what's interesting about that alignment, and it's really going to be, I think, the signature trend as we go to the fall and the end of the year, because I I did a chart, and I'll email it to you in case you want to post it too with the show, of I did an end of the year 2015 chart just to see where everything lands, right? Yeah. (laughs) And so we pretty much, you know, after Saturn goes into Scorpio for the summer, it, of course, stops its retrograde on August 2nd, and then it starts moving forward. At about, It'll be back to 28 degrees of Scorpio, so this is the cleanup for stuff that was going on October 2012 to just the end of last year in December when Saturn first moved into Sag out of Scorpio. So anything you didn't get done during that time, pretty much June through September is your gateway to finish it, because once 
Saturn starts moving forward on August 2nd, it'll finish up Scorpio for good for another, you know, 29 years, and then it re-enters Sagittarius in September on the 17th. I'll check my double check my dates here, but once it does that, it's there until December of 2017. So we, you know, Sag get the get the Saturn smack down on them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, depending on where that lands in your, your chart, you know, but, but it's a, it's a mutable sign and that's going to be important because we've already got Neptune in Pisces, another mutable sign. And with the North node in Virgo, in Virgo at the end of the year and Jupiter going into Virgo at the end of the year, that makes a, uh, pretty much a mutable cross Ooh. yeah i don't think we've had one of those lately no no we've been i was thinking about it so we've really you know most people are familiar i was just talking to a sagittarius client so yeah i did double check that date and is it is september 17th when saturn goes into sag for good yes and and to your point about yeah we haven't dealt with mutable oppositions crosses and squares and this is something i just started to cover in my youtube series and i was talking to a cardinal client just yesterday in fact and you know i said yeah but the heat's off you once these nodes leave the libra aries axis in November, it's like you cardinals, yay! <laughs> the celebration is on because cardinals have been pretty much getting the smackdown since 2010. I mean, it really intensified in 2012 when we began the, you know, Pluto Uranus mm-hmm. square. So, just for people who don't, you know, know what what a cardinal or a mutable is, our, our cardinals are Cancer, Libra, Capricorn, and Aries. And our mutables are Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces. So you guys who are in that first category, woohoo! <laughs> Whatever the universe <laughs> put you through the last, you know, three to five years, you know, pretty much as these nodes, the last things kind of, um, yeah, I mean, we'll still have Pluto there and, and Uranus, and they are, are not, you know, light forces, but the intensity, you know, the most intense period that you Definitely, especially with this last cross in um, March on the 17th, where we did it. <laughs> we got through all seven Pluto Uranus squares, and now the emphasis is going to shift to the beautiful. You talked on your YouTube report about Neptune and Saturn having some face offs. Yes, we're, this is part of that mutable squaring that's going to happen. So, if people could picture um, a clock, and let's just say we put Jupiter at nine o'clock. And we put in Virgo, we put Saturn at 12 o'clock in Sag, and we put Neptune at 3 o'clock. Um, then I think you'll be able to see you have an absolute opposition between Neptune and Jupiter, and Neptune and the North Node when those two get into Virgo. But right above making a 90 degree angle to both will be Saturn. Uh, in Sag and in astrology when we have those 90 degree angles those are squares so when we have squares that means things kind of come to a head because if you think of them as those straight lines um, they're not going in the same direction (laughs) you know know, it's you know they have very different objectives so um, you know in the mutable realm it's all about what we're releasing what we're letting go of what we're uh healing clearing uh those kinds of themes 
because if we think about the mutable, where mutable signs fall in the calendar year, it's always the last month of the season. So it's a lot of closure and preparation for the new. Yeah. So how do you interpret Neptune anyway? Yeah, Neptune. (laughs) Like Jupiter's expansion, Saturn's sort of our friendly, everyday taskmaster, (laughs) Um, you know, and Neptune seems artistic, but seems like there's more. Well, yeah, I mean, this is a this is going to be such an interesting grouping because Virgo has to do with daily routines, right? So there's a nice alignment with Saturn in the sense that even though they're going to be squaring, Saturn is all about that structure. You know what I mean? And and one of the words associated with Virgo is rigidity, you know, and that can get a little too boxed in, you know, when we talk about our routine and things getting too much of a routine or a rut. So the antidote is, you know, the uh, on the opposite side there in Neptune, right? So Neptune, I mean, and right now it's at home in Pisces. That's a sign at roll. So we are really, we have that double whammy of both the Piscean, holistic, totally going into the depths kind of thing and then Neptune the unfathomable the artistic you know now the shadow side of both Pisces and Neptune is addiction spacing out being a total flake being you know completely unaccountable (laughs) so I mean but I think that the you know the opposition to um, the north node and Jupiter in Virgo is really where we don't have to take either extreme. We can traverse that axis and go, okay, when is my routine just getting too boring? Like I'm just, I have no more inspiration. I don't even know why I'm practicing every day or whatever somebody's doing. You know what I mean? Like you could be working on a book or whatever and it's just, you get into a rut. So then you go to the other side and go into the Piscean thing and go, what totally would inspire me or maybe I just need to meditate for a while, you know, and veg out and go take the day off and go for a hike, you know, and just reset, you know, be in touch with the intrinsic, beautiful, otherworldly things or my best recommendation to work with the um, Pisces and Neptune when you're, you know, you just, everything's getting too, you know, Virgo in a bad way, the shadow side of that. If you delve into Pisces, you can go, I don't know, do a Netflix Harry Potter bender, (laughs) you know, and and just be totally ensconced in the world of magic and, you know, otherworldly, you know, or or, uh, Lord of the Rings, whatever. You pick your fantasy, you know what I mean? You can go into the fantasy realm and then come back. You put it into form because Saturn, the way that I kind of see it is, you know, up there, wearing both of those he's like the referee yeah <laughs> Neptune's going like the kids like we just want to space out we just want to run amok and you know color on the walls and and Jupiter is you know there in Virgo going no 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 <laughs> we need order and you're going to clean the walls if you you know right on them with all the crayons so Saturn's kind of like okay let them do that but then give them a like the those washable crayons you know <laughs> and let them let, let them have the expansion and the, and the fun and the play with with the crayons on the wall but uh, make sure it's you know the kind you can wash off. Okay. So it's kind of like you can play as much as you want within reason. Yeah, that's <laughs> a really, yeah, and those things, you know what I mean when you say reason and play, right? Those are such opposing words, but that's exactly what we, we're going to be integrating. And the reason I'm pointing all this out now is, you know, as we're recording 
This this show will probably go up close to the sun going into Gemini, where Mars and Mercury will be. And so Gemini is our fourth mutable sign. So even though nothing's in Virgo right yet, we're still going to get a taste of this kind of stuff, especially with Mars, which is our drive and our ambition, because, you know, it's going to square Neptune and it's going to oppose Saturn while Saturn's still in Sag before it dips back. I think it's about the 14th mm-hmm. of June into Scorpio. So we, we have, you know, we definitely have elements of this beautiful confrontation where we have to figure out where is reason and where is play. Like if you stay up watching Netflix till five in the morning and you have to go to a day job, well, that's just a consequence on Saturn. <laughs> but it might be, might be fun. Yeah, it seems like we haven't gotten to the space before to just kind of examine play uh, in the last you know, year or so, we've been looking at the Uranus-Pluto squares, which has a lot to do with structure and obstacles and uh, new thought forms and new inspiration and new revolutions of some kind. But it's like now we get this way to experiment with ourselves, kind of what's going on internally. Yeah, and then, then we'll bring, bring it out into the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had Jupiter and Leo, so there has definitely been a good, you know, being trined by um, Uranus and Aries. So that we definitely are in an experimental, playful, like, let's get out and, you know, um, show the world our, our stuff and start expressing. And, you know, with Neptune and Pisces, it's been there all along. But I think what's going to happen now is we're going to go into how do we bring that the emphasis will be bringing it down to earth bringing it into the world because that's the virgo piece of being of service like what does it matter if you're you know trying to write a you know cast a beautiful movie or whatever if you know five people see it because you're too afraid to bring it out into the world so i think we're all going to be called to to also bring our ideals and aspirations into daily practice. Daily practice is very Virgoan and so that relates to this this bigger world. You know, where are we doing our shopping? Where are we doing our consuming? If we believe that we'd like to change you know, the petrol, you know, model of um, energy, you know, are we going to invest in some solar, you know, as that becomes cheaper? And I think that'll happen a lot during that time. So daily routines, bringing big ideals, which is Sagittarius and also Jupiter into, you know, the daily into the practical reality, which is Saturn and which is Virgo. Wow. So what about Neptune and like art stuff? Well, see, that's the fun, uh, you know, that's the fun place to go to kind of get the inspiration, you know, so regular um, meditation and the the being reminded when you show up to practice, you know, whatever you do, whether you make pottery or you paint, um, I've seen this really cool thing online where people host paint parties now, and it could be regular, you know, people who are teachers, bankers, social workers by day, but once a month, you know, it's wine and art, and so people host these, and everybody comes over and gets an easel and a paintbrush, and like, how great is that? So, you know, there's the Neptunian piece, like they're channeling something through, and they're in touch with that intrinsic spiritual part that's in every cell of us and then we bring it through into our our art form so that piece is absolutely critical you know because you know the 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 play and the and the expression are are really important i think the the virgo piece and the saturn piece are just saying you know like let's help bring it into form yeah bring it into form so as far as Neptune going into Pisces that's a really long time that Neptune's in there I think till 2024 
something like that. Uh, you know, it's so funny with Neptune. Um, I always get confused about the, the dates of Neptune because that's one of the funny, spacey things. But I think that's somewhere in there, 23 or 24, yeah. Yeah, so it's a really long time. And that, that is kind of like an art artist cycle of getting out art into the world. And it looks like we could do that easier with Jupiter movements and Saturn movements. But what have you noticed on the music front with your music? So right now, this year alone, that Neptune transit is just only moving between 7 and 9 degrees. And in fact, it first went into Pisces in 2011, but then of course retrograded back into Aquarius. So it finally moved into Pisces for good on February 3rd, 2012. That's why that 2011-2012 time period seemed um, important. And in fact, yes, it's going to be in Pisces until March 30th. Get ready for a drum roll, please. <laughs> 2025. <laughs> so, okay. You know what we're thinking about? We're thinking about Pluto. We're thinking about Pluto, which moved in 2008 and will be in um Capricorn until March 23rd, 2023. So those are the two big long, long transits, you know, that are that are happening. So yeah, the the uh, Neptune one this year it moves seven to nine degrees, you know. So but when you think, okay, 2011, 2012 to 2025, you know, and it's got to go 30 degrees. That's why it's only a couple degrees each year. So it's just getting warmed up you know when planets are in that zero to ten degrees that's sort of the it's like a medium roast kind of thing <laughs> yeah to use uh it's arturo i i won't remember the author but he kind of does that analogy and then when we go from 11 to 20 degrees that's sort of like our you know french roast uh italian kind of coffees and then by the time we're you know 21 to 29 degrees you know that's espresso that's those you know those crazy people going to starbucks and order like a quadruple shot of <laughs> You know something, so it it just gets amped up even more. So yeah, on the on the creative side, um, for all of us who are doing art and music and and everything like that, what I'm seeing in my musical world is the opportunity to publish coming up, bam, just like that. And and I think the Saturn thing's actually going to help that because that's ninth house and publishing. So for people again who are willing to take it, what they do as a side thing to turn it into a business. So I, I kind of yeah, I feel like those artistic realms and the music business is trying to reconfigure itself. But I mean, the, the model seems to be the services that people subscribe to, but also there's this crazy happy niche of vinyl reselling. So there's a bit of a nostalgia in there. So it's I think it's kind of like wide open and continuing to change. But I think there are all kinds of opportunities. I think it's the showing up and doing it. And so as I was reading about the Virgo transits that are coming in, I was like, okay, well, how do I take you know, the music that I'm writing and doing? And I'm pretty good because I have a lot of uh, Virgo in my chart. So I already have it down to you know, so many voice practices per week, so much uh, harp practice um, that other people might like go like, how do you do that? Isn't that rigid? But again, I'm like, okay, everybody wants to sit down and write, write, play guitar, right? Or whatever it is. But if you don't sit down and practice on a very regular basis, literally your, your brain connections to your fingers and your you know that you know those songs kind of get built in but you've got to keep those connections activated so the practice and blocking two days a week 
right now for songwriting, it, it's great because I'm getting back into production. And then when it's time to, like when opportunities present themselves, that former life I had as a publicist in Hollywood comes through and I just have no trouble writing a pitch letter. I mean, I pretty much could do that in my sleep and it's so nice to get responses from people. And, and it's it's amazing how wide open uh, it is right now. And I just keep seeing all these totally inspiring things. One of my friends, uh, his client was uh, one of the Grammy winners this year, and he was just in Vegas over the weekend. I just happened to see a picture of him and Stevie Wonder, and I was like, oh! <laughs> just, just so, you know, like just, I mean, just to be in the awe and presence of, of Stevie Wonder, you know, and, and I, you know, I was just like, oh my gosh, I should have totally been in Vegas, you know what I mean for that? So, but those are the things I'm just tuning right into and popping into. But, you know, the there's an expression that I've heard a lot of artists, uh, musicians really use over years, and they say, you know, luck is like, you know, 99% practice and 1% opportunity. And I totally agree with that because, you know, you could meet, you know, whatever, you know, a Stevie Wonder or a Taylor Swift or whoever, you know, Taylor Swift's producer. But if you're like, well, I kind of want to write songs. I'm thinking about this. Well, it's not really, you know, they may encourage you or whatever, but it's not, there's nothing practically that they can really do to help you. Whereas if you have a repertoire and you're playing out or they're in town or they happen to see you somewhere. So I, I would just say that, that this Virgo thing to me is, is like helping me get clear on what are the really practical ways to show up, Put it, putting out a music video as well as an astrology video, definitely this summer, because I want to show the world all the beauty of Colorado in the summer. And there's such a, such great outdoor spaces, you know, and so I just have this, you know, uh, Piscean fantasy of, you know, being on the mesa playing the harp at sunset, right? And so then the Virgo practicality says, okay, you know, you gotta, you know, get a little crew together, get a tech who can carry this 50 pound harp up the hill. And you know what I mean? So it, it's, 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 it, and, you know, find a good shooting day. So you, you gotta bring your fantasy into reality and the push that we're gonna get that luckily, again, my, my, my chart is pretty well set up for with all my Virgo stuff is planning and practicality and bringing it into the, you know, bringing it into the world, getting yourself out there. Yeah, exactly. So Elizabeth, where can folks find you if they're having a little Neptune issue? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who's feeling, I'm going to start a support group, the Neptune Challenge. So um, uh, they can find me at elizabethsoracle.co. And from there, they can um, hook into the YouTube per portal. And if you guys want to leave astrology questions, um, not for personal readings per se, but le you can leave them in the comments. Just what does Virgo mean? What does, you know, Sagittarius mean? Um, if you want to leave those in the comments and YouTube or tweet me, um, that would be great. I'm Elizabeth333 on Twitter. But you can find all of that at Elizabeth's Oracle, and you can sign up for my newsletter. And there are specials that are exclusive to subscribers because I really like to, you know, reward the people who have been there and, and have read my columns, you know, now. Gosh, this summer it'll be like six years of producing a monthly newsletter. So, you know, yeah. There, and there's a big library, you guys, that's uh, all there that you can read and the video series that's just started this year. Great. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks so much for surfing the psychic waves and we'll chat again for sure. All right. Thank you so much, Christine.